Have you realized yet that your purpose in life is constantly evolving? The thing is, it can only evolve, grow, and expand to the extent you're willing to do the work to heal. That's why I've created a transformative half-day virtual event designed for purpose chasers who want to integrate their authentic selves in every aspect of their life. Together, we're going to co-create conversations around reflecting on current patterns, amplifying your genuine desires, prioritizing fulfillment over the facade of what you should do, and we'll talk about achieving actual tangible results. I believe our work together will have a profound impact on your life as we break you out of autopilot, scale your potential, and set you up to attract everything you say you desire. Plus, this space will be an enjoyable and supportive environment for new connections with like-hearted purpose chasers from all over the world. Together, we will laugh, dance, and maybe cry, but we'll be doing the work together. If this speaks to your soul and you want to detox and release what's no longer serving you so you can live fully in the pillars of redefining wealth, tickets are currently complimentary for this half day of coaching, training, and co-creating a new blueprint for your heart's desires directly with me. So grab your ticket today at patricewashington.com slash soul detox. That's patricewashington.com slash soul detox. We need to see possibility. So often a black woman doesn't even know her own possibility because she hasn't seen it. You're listening to the Redefining Wealth Podcast with me, your host, Patrice Washington. I am so excited about this season. We are still in the ramp up phase of this, our seventh season, and I could not imagine having a better conversation than the one you're about to hear. This community is one that understands that wealth is so much more than just money and material possessions. We believe in the original 12th century definition of wealth, which says it's about the condition of well-being. And so on these episodes, you're going to hear my insights, but also these brilliant interviews where we tap into what I like to call the six pillars of wealth. These are the areas of life that are impacting your finances, even when you're not thinking about them. Now, before we jump into this week's episode, let's get to our affirmation of the week. You know got to speak positivity into your life, into your day. You got to affirm positivity. You got to affirm abundance. You got to affirm yourself to wealth. This week's affirmation is, my identity is who I am, not what I do. I am making a conscious choice to not base my identity, who I am, by my roles, what I do. I do not require others to agree with or approve what I think and what I do. My worth and importance is not determined by external validation. I choose to change my current identity because I believe the purpose I am being called to requires that I know not just what I want, but who I need to become in the process. I am fully stepping into the mindset and habits of who I am becoming, not what was passed on to me from others. My identity is who I am, not what I do. 
Today's guest is Marty McDonald. After an 11-year corporate career with various Fortune 500 companies, Marty decided to leap after her dreams and created a community of empowerment, change, and freedom. Taking an idea based on connection and turning it into a movement, including a multi-city Black Girl Magic Tour, Marty launched the annual Boss Woman of the Year Summit and built a loyal community of more than 100,000 women. She understands that most women are allowing fear to hold them back from accomplishing the goals they desperately desire. Her plan to expand the growth of her community is well underway as she helps boss women like you and I around the world empower one another through connection, networking, and workshops. Without further ado, here is Marty McDonald. Welcome to the Redefining Wealth Podcast, Marty. Thank you, Patrice. It's so good to be connected with you. I just was so connected to your energy when you were a part of Black Girl Magic 2021. I'm so excited just to be a part of your platform today. Marty, so I had heard of Black Girl Magic the year before, and I remember seeing something about it, like in social media. And you know how you have those fleeting thoughts like, oh, I should have, I could have been there. I want to be at that. How come nobody? And then to turn around the next year and actually be invited. And and I had the privilege um, of coming to Texas and getting to meet you in person and just being in that beautiful space where it was recorded that was also black owned. Mm-hmm. Like everything, when I tell you, was black girl, black people magic. I just freaking <laughs> loved it. I loved the energy as well. And I'm so glad that we had a chance to chat. A little bit. <laughs> you too. were busy. You had Listen. stuff going on. You were running things, right? And so the fact that we had the chance to chat, I think it was just maybe 15, 20 yeah. minutes would be a stretch. I was like, oh my gosh, she is incredible. I need <laughs> the Redefining Wealth audience to meet her. And so I am so glad that we finally had a chance to yes. pull this off because your story is incredible. So incredible. So we already alluded to it in the intro. You came from an 11 year corporate career, 500 companies, but you were very successful and I'm sure six figure earner and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. What Mm -hmm. made you say enough is enough? You know, it's so interesting. If I think back on the exact timeline, I was at a corporate career right before I entered my last career that was glamorous and sexy and I traveled. And I mean, it would have on paper looked like a dream job to so many, Um, but I was not learning and I wasn't getting smarter. And sometimes I was the smartest person in the room. And so I ended up leaving that job being recruited to go to my next company that stretched me in a way that I had never imagined. Um, I was not, I didn't go to a top B school. So I was in a room and I felt like an imposter. Um, I didn't know as much as so many others in the room. And oh, by the way, I was the only black woman at the company. And so on a daily, I just felt like I just don't belong here. And so I didn't realize the tools that I personally needed at the time until I created Boston Media as an outlet for other women to connect together and to share the stories 
and really the trials that they were facing so that they could lean in and understand that they could overcome them. And it was because I just didn't see anybody else like me going through what I was going through. And so I left the corporate career because um, I was tired of being in a space where I didn't believe in who I truly could be. And that, that was really one of the main reasons why I left. I learned so much. Um, I was around incredibly smart people, but um, I knew that there was something else and I knew that there was something more for my life. And I couldn't see success and leadership in a space that didn't even look like me. Mm. We hear that so often um, on the show from black women who have, you know, gone through the ranks in corporate America. I didn't really go that path. So it's always kind of fascinating to me, that idea of just, I've been the only person in the room in many rooms and many of the stages that I speak on, I am the black person. I am mm -hmm. the only black woman. So I think that's why my heart was so full. I didn't even want to leave that day at the Black Girl Magic Summit the day we were taping because I was just watching beautiful black women walk by and I'm like, hi. I know they thought I was crazy, Marty. I'm like, hi, <laughs> how are you? What is your name, right? It It is crazy that at 40 years old, it's still like a big deal to mm -hmm. be in a space with black people, like yeah. in these yeah. spaces. And I don't think for so long, we ever really talked about it publicly. Right. So we all just kind of stay to ourselves in that space. Like you said, not really having the community to talk to, to say like, yeah, that's how I feel. Right. That's what I feel. Um. So you said you didn't realize what you needed until you start, until you created um, Boss Woman. What have you realized was needed? What is needed in those spaces? I think that we need to, similar to what you just said, we need to see possibility. So often a Black woman doesn't even know her own possibility because she hasn't seen it. And to be honest with you, I didn't even know that my company could be what my company is because I had never seen it done. Like this is um, pre like women's empowerment being capitalized on because I don't capitalize off the empowerment of women, number one, but this was like 2016. And so this was like when these were like buzzwords and girl boss and like all of these like organizations are coming up in the ranks. Right. Um, and, and I hadn't really seen it done for black women in the right way either. And so I had been going, I had been a part of so many organizations that were buttoned up in black, you know, black blazer, blue blazer, buttoned up shirt. And that's what I thought that it was supposed to be for us, that we had, that's what we had to emulate. Um, but um, I remember going to a conference actually in Atlanta. It wasn't created for us or by us or any of us in mind. But I remember going there thinking, this is exactly what I'm going to create for Black women. And it really was that possibility of seeing at that time that really surfaced and traveled with me through creating and building this brand. 
I love that. So often though, Marty, we see it and we want it, but we don't do. Right. Like we don't necessarily take action. And I remember from your story, like you got into action. You you start doing things. Can you just talk about that journey? Because sometimes it sounds like, oh, I left my corporate career and then I built this very successful empire. And it's like, well, wait a minute. There's a story in between. Can you tell us some of that in between? Yeah, absolutely. So when I quit my corporate career, I'm just going to be completely honest. And I I say this because I don't want people to think you quit a job and it just shit magically appears because it doesn't. I quit my job 2017, December. That was when I entered into 2018. I wanted this to be what I focused on only. In January, February, I was watching the Wendy Williams show. I was, I was kicking it and I wasn't all the way focused. And so, uh, and I didn't have a, a clear plan. I knew what I wanted it to look like, but can I tell you, it's hard to build something from nothing. It's hard to build something when you have this much money. It's hard when you have this many connections, it's not going to be easy. But for me, I knew what my North star was. And so um, when I was, when I quit my job, I was preparing for a conference. I'll never forget it because it really was the catalyst that set me apart um, for 2018. I, um, it was called the vision board, um, the vision board summit. And I had Nicole Kane come. I flew in all these influencers. I spent all of my money. I spent $25,000 to have this event. 250 women showed up. Um, and I knew if there was something magical that was being created. And I did it differently. I didn't do it like everyone else. And I didn't want it to be formal and stuffy. Although some people that were attendees told me how they wanted it to be a little bit more formal and not so loose. And it was just an interesting um, it was an interesting event to take place at the beginning of my career. But what happened is I was looking for sponsors. I had no idea how sponsorship even worked. And I remember somebody gave me a check for $500. You would have thought that I got a check for $5 million. <laughs> I thought $500, they're going to give me this. I, I can do whatever I want with it. When somebody gave me that check and it was the, it was actually, it actually came from my church. My wow. church women's ministry gave me the check. So crazy. And, um, and I thought if I can get a check for $500, I can get a check for 5,000. If I can get 5,000, I can get 50. If I can get 50, hell, I can get 500. I can get a million. And because that happened when I was creating and forming and at the beginning stages, it was how I said, I'm going to create a strategy around how I build this community. I do not want women to pay me. I want brands to pay me that are looking for the women that I'm going to build to give them the right tools for their career. And that really has been my strategy. I don't get money from my community. I get money from brands who are looking for women in my community to change our community. And so, um, so that, that event took place that really changed it. Then I get back home. It's February the 27th. The event took place on the 26th. And I'm like, now what's next? Again, I did not have a plan. 
And so I was gearing up to go to a conference called the Girl Boss Rally in California. Um, and I think it's so critical when you're starting out a career or a business that you invest in yourself yes. before any you ever ask anybody to invest in you. And so I went to this conference and I, um, I remember right before I left, I read this Nielsen data report called Black Girl Magic is Real. And um, it talked about the buying power and behavior of Black women. And so at this conference, their CEO of Sugarfina spoke on a panel. On the panel, she talked about how they create these taboo gummy bears. And they had this green juice gummy for March and April Fool's and how it just went haywire. And I thought, well, she was sitting there talking. She should create a gummy called Black Girl Magic. Black women would come and buy that. They want to see themselves. And I go up to her afterwards and I say, hey, have you ever heard of Black Girl Magic? And this lady looks at me and goes, what? And I go, yeah, Black Girl Magic, it's a rallying call. It is the buying power and behavior of women. And by 2021, did you know that Black women would be the highest spending consumer? I bet you don't even have them as a target audience. Who am I telling this lady all of this? I mean, like I go in, Patrice. Yeah. I go in. And she goes, send me an email, send me a pitch deck. Cause I said to her, I said, Hey, I'm going to come and I'm going <laughs> to, we're going to create this gummy bear. I'm going to pop up in your stores across the U S and we're going to have a tour. It's going to be called black girl magic. She goes, send me an email contact at Sugarfina. I go home. I said, this is it. This is how I turn the corner for my business. This is how I get out of Dallas. I sent her a pitch stick. It took her eight weeks to respond to me. Mm. She responded. We had a call and she said, yeah, let's do it. That's how Black Girl Magic happened. I have a confession to make. My relationship with looking good is so complicated. I don't know if you're anything like me, but I like high quality clothes. I just don't like going shopping and I definitely don't always want to pay high quality prices, if you know what I'm saying. Plus, I don't always want to wear the same stuff over and over again. So I was super excited when I found out about the clothing rental membership armoire because they are making getting dressed stylish, but super easy. When I signed up, I took a five minute style quiz and based on my preferences, they offered suggestions that would best match my lifestyle. I'm filming in a few weeks and I literally just got the cutest blazers delivered to my door in as little as two days. And when I'm ready for new clothes, I can just swap them out for more new-to-me styles. So whether you're planning your outfit for a date night, packing for a conference, or in need of a gown for some black tie event, you will be the best-dressed person in the room and you won't have to feel bad for only wearing something once. Now, what I also love is that Amwar is woman-founded and women-led. They even spotlight women-owned designers on their website. So I know I'm wearing brands that are aligned with my values. I love that I can support a business that's built by women like me. If you're ready to have your dream closet delivered to your door, you might want to try Armoire. I promise you will never be without the perfect outfit for any occasion ever again. And right now, Redefining Wealth listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash wealth. That is armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash wealth to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. 
everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Ah, I just love that story. And you shared that story with me before, which is why I was like, oh, my gosh. Okay. All of the things. First of all, that that idea that this is how I'm going to run my business and you stuck with it. Like getting really clear. I think one of the things, um, even if you don't know the full plan, it's not that you were committed to the how and who are the brands and who's going to do it and how much are they going to pay? What was on your heart was I'm not going to charge the women. I'm going to charge the brands who want this community. Right. And that makes total sense. But I love that you talked about that first check being $500. Cause honey, I know the checks is way bigger now. You talked about that first check being $500. It makes me think about as a speaker, my first speaker check was like either 125 or 250. Mm. But I remember being like, especially cause I was coming out of a really low season in my life. I was still in the midst of it when I got that first check. And I remember being like, someone paid me this to talk. Yeah. To be myself and just say what I wanted to say. And I was, I felt the same thing. If somebody paid me one twenty-five or two fifty, one day I could get five thousand. Yeah. One day I could get ten thousand. Like I just got to stay on this path, and I just yeah. love that because so often we despise small beginnings. You yes. hear these stories, and we instantly are like, "Oh, I want that," but there's no that before this, right? Yes. Before the first iteration, because that's the thing that plants the seed and lets you know. It's that God wink, like, okay. Absolutely. I I can do this. Okay. Then the next thing is investing in yourself. I can't tell you how often I tell the women in my community, you need to be in the room. You need to get in the room. You have no idea what connections could be created. You know, the bonds that you form. Some of my best girlfriends have come from me going to a conference and meeting someone in the bathroom and being like, can you unzip me please? And that's how the conversation started. And to this day, we're good friends. Like there's something magical about being in the room and pursuing that. It's like when something leaps in your belly, because you read that, you read that um, Mm -hmm. report and and it was already like in you yeah and your ability to just drop it when needed I just like all of those are such god winks but I will tell you this the uncomfortability of my last corporate job gave me everything every tool and every resource that I needed to send that pitch Mm. I would my last job I was over innovation I come from brand marketing So this is my background. And so I was inundated with data daily, right? And when I came across this specific data, I thought, this is incredible. No, first of all, if you just understand Nielsen and the data and them even talking about Black women in this way, this data is so powerful within itself. It's it's able to change the trajectory of minds. That's how powerful this data is. So I knew 
what to do with the data, but only because I was at that uncomfortable job. Mm. So if I had stayed at that glamorous job, I would have never known what to do with the data. And I say that to say your journey and God's plan mm. is ex- you have exactly what you need for today to make the decisions of today. I don't know the decisions of tomorrow yet. I haven't gained that knowledge yet, but I got to be on my pathway. And, and, and we are made in the valleys. Mm-hmm. The mountaintops are for us to enjoy. Stop trying to get out of the valley. Oh, yeah. That's so good. I am so grateful looking back for my valleys. Like those seasons literally taught me that nothing happened to me. It happened for me. Everything yeah. that I experienced, the uncomfortable parts, the uncertain parts, the uh, shame, the guilt, yeah. the embarrassment, like whatever those emotions were at the time. One, I still am really grateful for them, Marty, because I it, it allows me to appreciate where I am so much more. Like, mm-hmm. you know how you get into that constant or it's it's possible to get into that loop of like always striving for more and more and more. Like I am definitely open to whatever God has for me next, but I am so grateful for where I am. Yes. Like I'm open, but baby, I didn't, I didn't come from some stuff. So I am also very grateful, not complacent, but grateful for where I am and man. Okay. So going back to, to the sugar Fina, um, uh, (laughs) woman, uh, so you go up to her and you have this conversation, the boldness, Mm -hmm. the audacity, Mm-hmm. What were you really thinking in that moment? Do you do you remember even having any fear or were you just like, I'm about to tell her? No, I didn't have fear because what did I fear? I was at home. I had quit my six figure job and I was I was broke. I mean, like I remember just like having we had minimum. We had enough to pay the mortgage. We had enough to pay our bills. Right. Like I went out here balling out of control. So what was I afraid of? That lady didn't scare me. (laughs) And most importantly, I didn't have fear because I knew that what I was trying to accomplish had nothing to do with me. And really, to be honest, Patrice, that has always been the the part that has given me the momentum on a daily. You know, this ain't got nothing to do with me. When you look at Boston Media Brand, you don't even see me. Because it's not, this isn't about me. This is about that woman who's sitting in that cube because I was that woman sitting in that cube thinking how, who, where, what tool, what story, I need to hear it. Or that woman who's a startup side hustler, who's trying to take it to the next level. What money can I go get for her? How can I advocate for her? That's what I'm always thinking about. So no, I wasn't afraid because what was she gonna say? No, all right, cool. But there was something God about that moment for me to even think how I could create this solution. I created a solution for her. Again, it was not about me. It was about me creating a solution for an audience that she hadn't even tapped into yet. This is so good. And I just love that you said, it's not about me. I tell my clients that all the time. The reason that you won't go out and do what you already know to do is because you think it's about you. Mm -hmm. If you removed you, Cause there's a lot of things that, you know, I have been uncertain about as I've grown my business or, you know, a little timid about or whatever, but I always am thinking like, but my people need me, like yeah. the people that God has assigned to me, 
they need me. And so this is not just about me, but then I do look at who I get to become. Yeah. And I push through and I face those fears or I do the thing anyway, you know, Marty, yeah. we're going to, we're going to talk more when we come back from this break. Yes. Hey there, if you're brand new to the Redefining Wealth podcast, maybe you've been thinking to yourself, well, what are the six pillars? What's the actual breakdown and what does that all entail? Well, I broke it all down for you in a free audio training called The Truth About Wealth. I want you to go check it out at patricewashington.com forward slash start here. The Truth About Wealth is gonna walk you through what each one of the six pillars are, but it's also gonna help you assess where you are in your journey so that as you continue to listen to the podcast and lean in a little bit more to this idea of becoming a purpose chaser, you know exactly where you need to start. So head to patricewashington.com forward slash start here and get your free audio training, The Truth About Wealth, today. So Marty, before the break, we were talking about that idea that you know, our people need us and we have to get in the mindset that this is not just about us. It's about the people we're called to serve. Um, I know that you've built this incredible, incredible community. What types of lessons do you see women walking away with, you know, when they come to your events or experience your programming? So it's been crazy because over the last 18 months, I have not had an in-person event, which is so crazy, but I've, I've actually reached more people than I've ever, ever would have reached in a room. So pre-pandemic, the biggest thing that I would hear people say is, I met my business bestie. I met that person. Like we really, I think through that connectivity of it all, because I do believe that that is the blueprint on how Black women thrive is through the connections. Um, and so that was pre-pandemic. Now, what I hear people say is, um, I needed to see and hear that story. That, that and, and so now we really are a storytelling company. You know, we've really pivoted from a, a, a company that was event focused to, we, we create stories. And I think through the stories um, so that they can really resonate with our audience. And so the other day I was at church, constantly church and a woman came up to me this lady did not look like anyone in my mind that I thought would be in my community she probably was in her late 40s um, and she was very corporate very corporate she goes Marty I want to let you know that I just love I follow you on Instagram and I just love you and your little baby oh my god you guys are cute but I come to black girl magic every year she goes, wow. I am a woman who is an executive leader at a very, very like mainstream hospital. And she goes, every jewel, every nugget, every woman's story that I hear gives me the momentum to go into that boardroom and do what I got to do for our community. And so she probably stopped me two weeks ago and said this to me. And I thought, you, I'm like, you're somebody who will be a speaker. Right. But that's who we're touching. And so it does not like, you know, sometimes you just have to take out of your head what you think. Um, but everybody needs to hear and see that because there are so many Black women doing this alone. 
whether they're an entrepreneur or they're in corporate America, they're doing it alone. They need to see that it is possible for them to win. That's what we're creating. I do believe that you guys are telling brilliant stories because I know from my participation um, last year, I probably got two or three dozen DMs from people and emails saying, thank you for sharing your story mm. on Black Girl Magic Summit. Like, thank you for dropping those nuggets. People were tagging me in stuff left and right. And I could see just all of the the impressions I'm sure that you guys made as I was following along like those couple days. It was just incredible. And it, it there is something about seeing yourself, like you said, and seeing the possibility. Like, okay, if she made it through, I can yep. make it through. If she did X, Y, Z, I can do that, which is why I'm always talking about, we have to share our story. We have to share our testimony. It's not just for us. It's never just for us. One testimony I know that you've been sharing is about your journey with motherhood. Mm -hmm. um, so I know that you have a one-year-old now. Um, yes. When I when I met you, I kept seeing, I said, oh, it's this cute little baby <laughs> bouncing around here. I didn't even put it together that that was your baby. Um, but you had quite the story and the testimony mm -hmm. uh, with giving birth to your daughter. Can you share some of that story? Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, sometimes your, your testimony isn't even for you. And so I do believe that. And then sometimes when, when I think about it, I think, what I went through with Elle isn't even about her. And then it's about my growth. But when I was um, 26 weeks pregnant, I got we got diagnosed with something called CDH, which is so rare, so um, you know uncommon, but it's congenital diaphragmic hernia. And basically um, it's when you have a hernia and your intestines, and your organs move. And so my baby's lungs were covered by her intestines, her liver and her spleen because she had a hernia. And so um, we were prepared to deliver this baby with um, a lot of things that could be wrong. And it was just really hard to be pregnant in a pandemic to face something like this after wanting to try, I mean, me and my husband have been trying to have a family for so long. And so um, we had her, I had her at 37 weeks, our whole birth plan changed. And, um, and she was born three days after she was born, she had a surgery to move everything and put everything back in place. And we stayed in the NICU for 35 days um, for her to heal and specifically for her lungs to get strong so that we could go home. Um, while we were in the NICU, I'm talking about when I think back over it, it was the hardest and heaviest thing that I've ever faced probably in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. When I think about how I created Boss and why I created Boss and all of that, it just seemed like a cakewalk compared to what I was facing. Um, I just wanted my child to be healthy. I just wanted us to be normal. I just wanted this experience that I had seen on Instagram. And that wasn't our story. And I had to grieve the fact that that wasn't our story. Um, and understand that our story actually is bigger and it's more impactful. And it's the possibility of hope. 
Our story is grit. It's a warrior. Our story is God is with you and you are never alone. And so when we were in the NICU, I wrote a children's book called You Are Not Alone. Um, but the story really wasn't for Ale. The story was every single day, every single night, me or my husband was in that NICU with her. We never left her alone. Mm -hmm. And the little boy next door, um, he was seven months. He had been in the NICU um, and we never saw his parents. And so um, I remember one day in the room, I just wrote these words. And I mean, the words just really flew off of, um, you know, really as I was typing them it's just they just came really natural to me and I've never written a children's book before and I tell the nurse hey go take this to the baby next door read these words to him because I believe in the power of words and I believe in the power of affirmations and I want that little boy to know that he is not alone because if his mom or his dad never come up here that God is with him and so really he was the reason I wrote the book but wow. um it took a lot for me to get there in those 35 days to, for God to show me that I was not alone and it had nothing to do with ale. And it was about trusting him. And it was the control that I needed him to take over my life instead of me trying to be in control of my life. So, um, I say all that to say, yes, it, that was, it was, it was hard. It was tough. Um, there was days and nights and hours and minutes of every day that I cried but um, God is faithful um, and God has a plan for everybody's life. And I believe that, my, that we're a part of that. That story happened to us so that we could be an advocacy for others on, mm. and showing God it's not, you're not alone. God is with you. Oh my gosh. You know, I resonate with so much of this. So in my story, I fell down the stairs at 20 weeks, ended up in the emergency room was eventually admitted and I was on hospital bed rest for 10 weeks. So Reagan came at 30 weeks. Wow. And yes, I remember being in the NICU. We were in the NICU for about 22 days and same wow. thing every day, day and night, either there together or swapping out. And, um, you know, I remember how grateful I was because even though she was so tiny, she was three pounds, um, two ounces when she was born. And even though she was so tiny, there were other um, babies that were full term that, you know, had different things going on. Their esophagus wasn't connected to their stomach or, you know, mm -hmm. organs that didn't fully develop and all and all these different things. But I do remember um, and, you know, for whatever reason, people there's no judgment here. But for whatever reason, I do remember even back then kind of being like, um, so many babies don't have parents coming. Yeah. I really remember, like, remember that. And I know some people, I think this is where, you know, faith and resilience really comes into place because I think some people could not face it or could not yeah. deal with seeing their baby suffer or feeling like the babies were suffering. And I totally understand that. Um, For me, it was just important to be mm -hmm. there. Like, I mm -hmm. was in there, like... I was only leaving because my husband was coming or we were like swapping out for the most part. Um, but what a difficult, what a difficult journey that was, you know, for us too. And it's funny all these years later, because social media was not a big thing at that time. And so I remember going through this season, Marty, where I experienced secondary infertility and the thing that 
I really grieved the most was that I never got to do the maternity photos and mm. I never did you know, I did end up having a baby shower after she was born, but you know, we weren't doing gender reveals back then. That wasn't the thing. Or, you know, we weren't doing all these things. And I remember getting to the point where I was in a space where I was like, I just want to have a boy. I just want to have a son. And I had to be honest with myself and say, was it that I actually wanted to have another baby? Because look, motherhood is hard. We're not going to listen. Listen. Ah! I'm just going to say that motherhood is hard. Shout out to everyone with multiples. God bless you. However, oh, bl bless them. <laughs> however, <laughs> we ain't all able. Okay. And At I all. remember getting to the point where I was like talking to God about it every day. I'd done IVF. I was doing infertility treatments, doing all this stuff. And, and I was like, wait a minute, do I want a baby or am I grieving that I didn't get to do all the things I see people doing today? And when I got honest with myself in my quiet time, in my prayer closet with my prayer journal, I was like, I don't know that I actually want to raise a whole nother human being. Cause if that was the case, I could adopt, but yeah. I wasn't really interested in raising a whole nother human being. What I was missing and grieving was what I felt like my pregnancy experience should have been. Yes. And the fact that, you know, people are like, oh, you know, this bonding that you have with your baby right away. Well, my baby was snatched away from me right away. Yep. So I didn't have that sit on my chest, skin to skin. I They were like, here she is, showed her to me real quick, and that was it. And I didn't even yep. get to see her for over 24 hours later before they came to take me to see yep. her. I was starting to get ugly. I was like, listen now, I'll rip all this stuff apart. I was like really getting upset. Yep. And so I, you know, it's so funny though, how for me, I can say that experience, I mean, I wouldn't wish it on anyone. Yeah. I'll just say that no. as, a, as a new mom, there's enough going on. Yeah. And adding all of these other elements to yeah. it. Yes. That's a journey within itself on top of Seriously. owning your own business which is your other baby, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Which is another baby. And then the dynamics and the what it does to a relationship. There's just a lot of the hormones you can't even process yet. Like there's just a lot going on. But what I love about um, what you did in the midst of all of that, you wrote You're Not Alone for the, the baby next door. But I see that as the theme of your life. Yeah. You are not alone because even when you were in corporate America, and you realize like black women are feeling alone in these spaces, you wanted to create that connection and create that atmosphere where women could know you are not alone in these spaces. You don't have to feel like an imposter all by yourself. You don't have to feel like you're the only one that gets it. And so what a theme. I love yeah. how God strings things together because that was just in you already. Yeah. No, that's, that's so... Yeah. I mean, girl, I could go on and on about my you're not alone stories. I mean, we all have them, but um, but that's why for me specifically, it's so important for it not to just be about me. Mm. Um, and and I hope that people see that in my work. And, you know, um, I hope that brands see that when I'm putting out because the world is already life can be hard by itself you if you just had some people that rally you alone it just can change everything 
It can. It can. And no doubt when that baby boy heard, heard those words, who knows what that did for his little spirit. Um, so, Marty, what's next in the You Are Not Alone movement? Like, what, <laughs> who else are you making sure knows that they are not alone? What's going on so with you many. this year? So many. We're we're really excited. I'm launching a little girl's brand um, called L Olivia. It's a children's book brand and a merchandise brand um, for little little girls. But specifically, we got to advocate for our black little girls um, to know that they can be anything that they want. And I'm going to show that to my daughter. I'm going to show her every possibility under the sun. Um, so I'm excited about that. Um, and then we are um, taking over HBCU campuses. We are want you? we want college girls to know that hey, we're giving you the tools. We're going to give you the resources. Um, and a new brand called Ambitious Girl by Bossman Media, um, and we're popping up on college campuses with some really really dope women. Um, so make sure you check that out. And then, of course, Boss Women Media is still steady. It's still going strong. It is our evergreen brand. Um, and we're excited. We have something in queue right now called Boss Business Showers, where we are giving women um, funding, resources, tools for that new baby business that they have. So we're popping up all over the U.S. Oh and throwing my God. business showers. I love this. I love all of it, but I love this. What yes. a way to celebrate. There's a um, young woman, um, Stephanie O'Connell Rodriguez. She does these statement cards. And I love that she talks about we should celebrate people uh, starting businesses the way we do when people say announce they're having a baby. Like, yes. why is that the thing that is like, oh, okay, we need a party. We need to put the shower together. You need the gender reveal. But someone says they're starting a business and it's crickets. A woman says she's starting a business and it's crickets. And I love the business showers. Girl, when you coming to Atlanta, I'm coming to that. How, Listen, what do I need to do? We are coming to Atlanta so, so soon. I cannot wait. It's, we'll be in Atlanta real soon. We're actually, we've popped up in LA. We've done several in Dallas. Um, so we are, our, our partners have really invested MasterCard and Square and given us dollars to give these women. I mean, but it's, it's beyond the dollars too. Um, one woman, we connected her and she, like, we did a rebrand for her. She started a business. We looked at it. I had other eyes look at it and we rebranded her whole business, her logo, her name, everything. And then we gave her money. So we're looking at it as a holistic view to say, hey, you got this idea. We want you to go forth with it in the most powerful way that you can. Let us help you. And that's what the Boss Business Showers is all about. I love that. That just makes me so happy. And I have to say, I really love the idea of Ambitious Girl um, because we, we started this conversation with saying is that we need to see possibility. And I think about how often... Um, I, w I went to a PWI, so I wasn't <laughs> at an HBCU. And even more so there, when I would talk about things I wanted to do, how white males in particular would shut it down, mm -hmm. whether that would be fellow students or professors who would say, you can't do that and you can't do this. And I'm really grateful that I have the type of spirit that was like, I can't do what? Yes, I am. <laughs> so I pushed through and did those things that I wanted to do. 
But I wonder how many people were like, oh, wow, I can't or right. I probably can't because I also don't see it. I don't right. have a lot of examples of it. And so to be 18 through 22 years old mm -hmm. and see versions of the vision, right? Like, yep. like, oh, wow, I can do that. Or she did this or this person comes from a similar background or whatever. I love that. And I really... I live life with no regrets at this point. However, when I reflect on my life, I wish I saw more examples yeah. of black women doing amazing things um, that were not related to entertainment or athletics, because that's yeah. pretty much all I really saw. Um, I just think about what that could have done. But now I'm really grateful because I get to be a black woman. That mm -hmm. is an example of that for so many coming behind me. And that's just that's the role it's like my daughter her friends and you know i spoke at a conference not too long ago and the the best takeaway for me was a young girl she was about 12 or 13 years old who came up to me she had a book in her hand and i was signing her book and she said you don't know how amazing it was to see you on that stage wow she was like, to see somebody that looks like me on that stage. And she was like, and you were the best. You were the best. She was so excited. She gave me a hug. Her mom gave me a hug. And I that love was that. the greatest takeaway for me from that event, that as the black woman speaker there, that that black girl in the audience yes. saw me. And because she saw me, who knows? Right. The possibilities, right? Right. Oh my gosh. I just, I just adore everything you're doing. Okay. I'm going to ask you what we call some redefining wealth, rapid wisdom questions okay. before we let you go. Okay. Okay. Marty, how do you define success? Uh, ooh, that's a really interesting question right now. I used to define success by goals that I hit, but now I, I define success by my peace of mind. It's so important um, that my, my peace, like I have a peace about it because happiness is things that are always going to be happening. But if I have peace and it's internal peace and I just have joy and gratitude, mm -hmm. that's success. Yes. Okay. How do you define wealth in three words or less? Um, creating impact for the next generation. Girl, that's not three words or less. <laughs> impact it, like wealth is impact okay how about next generation impact there we go can we go with that no, no i don't i don't usually help i don't usually next help generation out. impact next <laughs> generation impact but wealth for me is not about my bank account it's about my daughter's children's bank account that's what i'm working hard for um so that's wealth um i don't I'm, I don't worry about money because money is a mindset mm -hmm. and it's going to always be available. We're always going to have access to it. I want to set my, my daughter up for success through money and her children through success of money, because that's what, that's what um, the white, the good white folks do. Mm -hmm. Us black folks got to get on, on board too. And so that's how I see um, and define wealth success. It's for it's for the next generation. Mm -hmm. Okay, what's one book that has redefined how you see wealth? 
Okay, so I just recently read on a, um, while I was driving for uh, a family trip, Big Money Energy Mm. by Ryan Serhant. It was really interesting how he, how he perceived dollars. That was one. And then We Should All Be Millionaires by Rachel Rogers. I love that book. I love Rachel. She's Yeah, so that, that was a good one too. Big money energy was really interesting around money is really a mindset mm-hmm. and you can have a, you can be the richest person, but have a poverty mindset. You have a lot of money in your bank, and have a poverty mindset. You have no money in your bank and have a money mindset. That's going to bring you more money. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I, I haven't read big money energy. So I have to look into that. All right. You're going to fill in the blank. My name is. And to me, the truth about wealth is. My name is Marty McDonald. And the truth about wealth is that it doesn't necessarily bring you happiness. It brings you freedom. Oh, so good. So true. Marty, thank you for being here on the Redefining Wealth podcast. I so enjoyed our conversation. I, me too. I loved connecting with you. I learned even more about you this time. I'm like, Oh, me and Patrice, we got to be friends. Like. <laughs> we knew it. It, it. We were connected that first day. It was like, okay, yes. now it's just a matter of syncing calendars and schedules. But absolutely. Yes. Thank you so much. Okay. I know that that was so good. If you need to rewind and listen to some of this a few times, I totally get it. We're in a new season. We're all in a new season. And it's going to require us to think more about Not just what we want to do and what we want to have, but who we need to become in the process in order to truly sustain that. And that is what I want for myself and for you and for all of us as Purpose Chasers all over the world. Listen, if you haven't rated or reviewed the podcast in a while, going to need you to do that. No, I'm asking. I'm begging. I'm pleading. No. Can you do that? Because it helps more brilliant people like you find us. And the more people we have redefining wealth for themselves, I truly believe the better the world will be. Um, And that's it for me. Until next time, I want you to go live your life's purpose, find fulfillment, and earn more without ever chasing money. Welcome back, and I'll talk to you later. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.